I'm so happy to be here this morning. Because as I look at you guys, I am just, I'm blown away at, at how you guys have grown. I, I looked at pictures of you, Caden, and I was wondering who that was up there for a second. Then I realized who it was. It was the long hair. Josiah, I, I remember um, many of those Wednesday nights that we were talking about in youth camp, trying to figure out how we were going to wrestle each other. And, and I, I told Josiah that I couldn't wrestle him because there was a rule about it. But the truth is, is that I was scared that he was going to beat me. I now know that I, have, I had no chance at that time, and I would not have any chance at this time. I had to wait until you graduated and there was no other absture behind you so I could tell you that I was scared of you this whole time. <laughs> Aaliyah, you are so brave and so wonderful, and you're such a hard worker volunteering at children's camps. I, I am so thankful that we got to know you. And I just question your taste in boys. He's dating our worship pastor's son. I love you. Caden, I've known you the, the least amount of time, but, but Pastor Dave has had me watch you. Because he's dating our pastor, pastor Dave's daughter. And he's going to be so upset whenever he finds out that I haven't been able to find out anything wrong with you. Love you, young man. And Allie, she's such a hard worker. You, uh, I can't ever get a word in edgewise whenever I see you for the first time because you're always first to give me a hug and t say hi and encourage me. She's such an encourager. I love you, young lady. And Caden. There's Caden. And then there's Bree. I'm just... Joking, Caden. Caden, it was so hard not to, whenever I had to get you in trouble in the youth room because of you're talking so much, it was so hard to get you in trouble because I kept laughing on the inside. Some of this, the things that this young man says is so funny, it's going to either make him $100 million or get him in real bad trouble. <laughs> and I love him very much. And Bree, you're a money-making machine, lady. <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. You're such a hard worker and you're sweet. And your story tells us and reminds us it doesn't matter how you start out, it's how you finish. And you're finishing high school well. And I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of each and every one of these students. And, and as, I, as I look and prepare for this message, uh, I have a special emphasis on graduation today, as you probably have figured out, you've identified. And this is about the time of year where I'm supposed to say something that is supposed to be so profound that you're going to base much of your life on it. And it's not just good advice, but it comes from the holy word of God. But as we look around, we realize that there are, there are different things that we could say here. There are things about practicality. We could talk about being spiritual. We could even talk about experience. And earlier this week, I, I asked you, Christ's Legacy, and other Facebook friends to help me come up with something to say to these graduates, maybe words of wisdom that you guys could help me with. And, and some of the practicality could be Mark Sharp's comment that, that I, I should have started retiring, uh, a retirement account right away. Mark, that's probably pretty good advice. 
Or Pastor Brent Logsdon said, start a, a savings retirement, especially whenever the boss and the company will match anything you save, right? And uh, our, one of our board members, Joey Stroud, he says, find something that you love and become very, uh, very best at it. And you'll never have to work a day in your life. Chase your dreams relentlessly until they become reality. Lastly, start investing in your retirement fund, ASAP. Are you getting the picture? Retirement is really important. That's practical advice. That's good advice, parents. But then there's other advice, right? An ironing board is just a surfboard that gave up on their dreams. Don't be an ironing board. Caden, that's your mama. That sounds like you. I wonder where you got it from. <laughs> and then our, our bo another board member, Jack Bobbitt. Oh boy, here it comes, Jack. He says, keep God first. Find what you like to do. Go to trade school if college is not your thing. That is okay. Spoken like a guy with a daughter graduating from law school. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The more I think about what to say this time of year, the more I realize this, that each and every one of us is going to some kind of school. We've all graduated from something. Some of us have graduated from elementary to, high school, or to middle school, middle to high school, and after High school, some of us went on to college or trade schools, and we've graduated from them. Other people, you've graduated by getting married and graduated having kids, graduated having grandkids, and now you're great-grandparents. Some of us have been to the school of hard knocks, and we've graduated from being fired from a job or, or losing a loved one. We've gone through these transitions, these changes, these moments in our life that, that, that are filled with change. And we've graduated from those moments with lessons learned, with experience behind us, with practical knowledge, but with spiritual knowledge as well that has come to shape our very lives of who we are and what we do as a result of it. So this morning, I'd like to remind each and every one of us that the that the word of God is absolutely true. There is not one mistake in it. And as we open the word of God and begin to go through it with, with these students, don't allow this preaching just to fall on them, but allow it to fall and wait in your heart and in your life so that it makes a, a difference in who you are. Each one of us is continuing to graduate and continue to make those transitions. The truth is, is that you never stop graduating, young people. You, you're always doing something new. There, there's a reason that Carla Moreland said this. She said, how wise my uneducated parents were and how much I would miss them when they're gone. Young, young person, you're gonna learn from your grandparents and your parents, and you're gonna learn the lessons that they've learned. And if you don't listen to what they tell you, then you're liable to learn the hard way. Amen? So it all boils down to one thing here. What do we tell these graduates is the very best piece of 
of advice for them. And it's this. A young person and every other person in this room, I want you to hear me when I say this. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to receive your word today. I pray, God, that you would flood in in such a powerful way, Lord, that it would shape who we are. And as we walk out of this place, we'll never be the same because of your presence and because of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Paul, the apostle, planted so many churches uh, throughout his missionary journeys, and he wrote so many books of the New Testament. And one of the books that he, he wrote was Ephesians. If, if you would, go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter one. And if you're uh, visiting with us and you didn't know this, you, if you'd like to go to the Bible app and go to settings, that little pancake menu there, and go scroll down to events. If you click on events and your location service is set up, you can click on Christ's Legacy Church and follow our notes online along with our announcements. But it, as you're making your way to that, I, I wanna set this passage up a little bit. I wanna set the book of Ephesians in some background so that you understand what's going on. Ephesians is, uh, is a book written by Paul and it's, a, um, it's an interesting book because this is one of the only books, if not the only book that Paul is not addressing an actual issue that he's found in the church. Instead, he's writing a book of thanks to them, a letter of thanks, and he's encouraging them to continue on in the faith. Now the the city of Ephesus is located on the Aegean Sea, and it's one of the biggest trade routes in the Roman Empire. It's known for its art. It's known for its trade. So when you think of the city of Ephesus, think of New York City, this busy, bustling uh, city that this church has been planted, and this church has come alive in that city. And Paul worked for three years planting this church and teaching them. And as he writes from a Roman prison cell, he's writing to this beautiful, wonderful body of Christ, body of believers there in this bustling city, encouraging them to move on. They're in the, in the midst of the moments of, of transition in their life. And so what does Paul tell them? In the in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, he starts out with the, the thesis of, of his letter. The thesis of the, his letter tells us his desire for every one of these people in this church. And this thesis of the letter is also my desire for this church, for every person in this room, and for you graduates. This is my desire for you. Ever since I, meaning Paul, have heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, to give you, listen to this, spiritual wisdom and insight that you might, watch this, grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's what I want for you. That you have wisdom. That you would grow in your knowledge of God. 
that your hearts would be filled with light so that you could walk forward confidently in this world that is so confused about, it seems like every other thing. This world doesn't know gender. It doesn't know politics. It's confused about laws. It's confused about borders. It's confused about everything. But I don't want you to be confused, students. And church, I don't want you to be confused at all. That's why my prayer is that your hearts are flooded with light, that you learn to love, that you're filled with wisdom so that you can walk confidently and not confused in this confusing world. But see here, he shares his thesis and his thesis states what he wants, but the rest of the book tells us how he wants them to go about getting it. Because don't you realize that there are things that you do want? There's things that you said you wanted right there in the little biography I read. This is what you want. This is your intention. And each and every one of us have an intention. We, we know what we want. As a matter of fact, the things that we want are very plain and simple. If you really think about it, everybody wants basically the same thing. We, we, want, we want to feel loved. We want to feel wise. We want to have joy. We want, to, we want to, our lives to matter. We want to be remembered. And these are things that everybody wants, no matter your race, your ethnicity, no matter your nationality, no matter your culture. Every person on the face of this earth wants those same things. And that tells me that these are things that God has put inside of us. These are, these are right things to want. But the difference is, is how to go about making them happen. We want to be filled with those things. And so other people fill their lives with things like passion and desire. They fill their life with ambition. The world even tells you to fill your life with love. And on the surface, these things sound right. It sounds right to fill your life with passion and ambition and love because those are good attributes and they get you far. But young person, even now you can turn on the TV and watch a trial that's famous going on. And you can see people that are filled with passion, ambition, and love. And no matter whose team you're on and whose side you're on, you see their hearts and lives are being ripped apart and destroyed. And they have more money than everybody in this room combined. It's not about money. It's not about dreams. It's not about passion. It's not about love. Young person, what do you fill your life with in order to, in order to be successful? We are created to fill our lives, but not with those things. We're created to fill our lives with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul writes this, and he, this is how he tells us to fill our lives. Don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in, in this passage of Scripture, the word spirit is a Greek word uh, that, that is pneuma. And it means spirit, breath, or wind. And although Paul specifically right here is speaking about the, 
about wine or alcohol, what he's really saying is there are things in life that can control and influence your thoughts and your actions. And there's more than just wine. There's more than just alcohol that can influence your thoughts and actions. And Paul says, don't be influenced by that. By the way, I think alcohol is one of the things that have ruined more families and more lives than, you, than anything else in this world. And I caution you about that. Don't be that person. Don't be that, that college person. Don't be that technical school person. Christ's legacy, that is so dangerous. But instead, don't let those things influence you. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. We know, we know that God's spirit can come and inhabit us. It can come and take control and influence your very thoughts and influence your very life. And then there's, there's my biblical scholars out there that you're probably right now in your mind trying to be, uh, dissect that one little verse of scripture. I wanna help you out a little bit because uh, the, the word be filled is actually the morphological construction of this passage is, is an aorist verb or, or better explained as a present tense passive voice with imperative mood. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, that's a fancy way of saying this, that be filled is not a once, a one-time commitment. It doesn't just happen here at the altars and you walk away and you're filled. You, you see, it's a, a better way of describing this verb is simply this. Be continually filled all the time with the Spirit of God, the wind of God, and the breath of God. Young person, mom and dad, grandparents, our call, our challenge is that we are continually filled with the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, something happens in us. And I think that three things are important that I want to pay attention to this morning. The first thing is that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll know the direction that God wants to take you in life. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, he will fill us with his will. When we draw close to him, he'll make his will plain and clear to us. He will guide us by his very presence and his spirit. And we may not know what his will is, but we'll know that we're exactly where he wants us to be. Emily McRae uh, wanted you to know this, that it's nice to have plans and goals, but God is the only one who knows the future. Do you know, uh, do what is right today, day by day, trust and follow God. I think that's a, that's, those are wise words. Chad, Chad Shelley Brooks, now for those of you who don't know, Chad and Shelley are pastor's uh, kids, okay? Chad's pastor's son. And I'm willing to believe that this is probably Shelley. <laughs> it's okay if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. That's okay. There's going to be lots of questions in your life. And parents, we know that the questions and the, the, the wondering and the, and the and the anticipation of what's coming up doesn't ever change. Where should we live? What should we do? What job should we take? I can't sometimes even figure out what to eat that night. I mean, it's tough. The questions will keep on coming and coming and coming. And it's okay if you don't know what to do. 
But that's why it's so important to be filled with his spirit because his spirit will give you direction. Everything else will be a best guess. But whenever you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll know his will for your life. Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six tells us, trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in what? All your ways. And he will show you which path to take. When you are filled with his spirit, you're filled with his life and you're filled with his will. You may not know what to do, but he will guide you. Be filled with his spirit, young person. But he doesn't just show you and give you direction. He gives you power. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be empowered to do more than you can ever begin to do on your own. And you're, you're able to do two things. The first thing that you're able to do is live a life of holiness. Young person, holiness is one of those words that that we don't like to say very much any, anymore because it's hard, it's not cool, it's difficult. It requires you to say no and make choices in your life. But holiness has never changed. It's still the same in, in the word of God and it's still the same in, in our lives. Parents, grandparents, we are still required to be separate from the world and maintain a life that is holy and pleasing to God. That has never changed, and it's gonna be where we stay here at Christ's Legacy. We are called to be holy. We're called to be holy. But there's gonna be temptations and difficulties in life. There's gonna be people that try to, to, to get you off the path of holiness, to, to pull you away from God by telling you that there are new things that you need to understand, new things that need to direct your attention. Brandon Hinchel's wife, Angela, wrote this. Hi, this is Angela, the wife. To a young adult going to call the college route, I was totally unprepared for how secular universities are. They will challenge everything you believe, do the hard work to study, and know what the Bible says, and join an online campus Christian organization, and be bold. Young person, I could give you the statistics about students falling away from the faith whenever they go to the college and university, but I know that none of you are. And I'm proud of you for it because you're gonna make the right decisions. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to continue on. See, Jesus told us that the world hated him and so it's gonna hate you. It's gonna hate you for standing for what's right. It's gonna hate you for trying to live your life in a holy way, but the Holy Spirit, it will empower you to do so. If you try to live your life for the Lord, but you try to do it in your own power, in your own might, with your own understanding, you'll fall flat on your face every time because the truth is you're not, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. There's no amount of jujitsu that's gonna wrestle you out, well, maybe, of a, of a college professor, but still, you've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Temptations will come, but you'll have the power to live a holy life. But that power doesn't just stop with holiness. It moves out from our hearts and our lives into the world, into the community through you. And your, your responsibility is to be his witnesses 
everywhere you go. He'll give you the words to say to speak to your professors, to your teachers. He'll give you, folks, the words to say to, to speak to your boss and your employees. He'll give you the power and the strength to witness to that person on the other side of the gas uh, pump. We are required. We are empowered to be his witnesses. But finally, love. <laughs> See, we should live our lives filled with love, but not apart from the work of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We live our lives filled with love because when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, his, his Spirit fills us with love. It will rule and reign in your relationships. It will govern every decision that you make. And it, every time it will root for justice and mercy. Young person, there are many voices in this world that are gonna be competing for your attention and your time. Many of them will argue that you that they have the best plan for your life. And some of them are gonna really try. Your parents and your grandparents and the people in this church really love you. And they wanna speak into your life and, and we trust and, and pray that their hearts are led by the Spirit when they speak into your life. But young person, there is only one that truly knows the right plan that genuinely loves you more than any person in the world. And that is God through the power and work of his Holy Spirit in your life. You can trust him with your full heart in your life. Julie Pierce reminds you this morning, give God the first chance of your life. That sounds like Pastor Brooks. His plans are so much better than anything you could come up with. No matter how much you think, you know. And I know you know a lot, but it's better than you. She says, ask me how I know. I happen to know what she has to say. You see, there are several hundred people in this room that are rooting for you. There's people in this world that are rooting for you. But you can trust the Lord with every decision that you ever want to make. Because he loves you and he has a plan for you. Paul tells us that you can put on this love just like you put on your cap and gown this, this, uh, this morning. He says, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. As we are filled with the spirit of God, his love allows us to be in unity. It allows us to live in peace and it fills our heart with thanksgiving. Young person, mom, dad, grandparents, the challenge is not just them, but the challenge is for all of us this morning. Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me all over this place? Students, would you come and just stand right down here and face the congregation? Parents of these students, would you mind just stepping out and, and standing by your graduate? 
Young people, you might have to, yeah, you might have to spread out just a bit. Because the truth of the matter is this, that we love each and every one of you and we're so proud of you. We're gonna be praying for you. I will always be your youth pastor. I will always be your youth pastor. But there is a whole entire church in this room right now that is loving you, that is rooting for you, that, that wants the very best for you. But it's because we all agree in this room to per pursue the Holy Spirit to be led by the Spirit, to be empowered by the Spirit, and to love through the Spirit, amen? In just a moment, we're gonna have prayer for you. In just a moment, this church is going to pray over you and, and ask God to bless every step that you take after this. But we want you to know that you can't leave this place until you promise that you're gonna live for him. Amen. There are many other comments on my Facebook posts that, that I wanna encourage you students and even all of you to, to check out and to look at because they're, they're wise words, they're good words. They're even, I believe, words of encouragement from scripture. Didn't have time, to, didn't have the space to fill all of them but I want you to know that this church loves you. Would you just stretch out your hands towards these students and parents and let's begin to pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for this moment, Lord, that we have with you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for each one of these lives and these hearts that have dedicated themselves over the years, Lord, to following after you and all the wonderful stories and all of the wonderful experiences that you've given them a chance to have through legacy students and through Christ's legacy. We are thankful and grateful, Lord, for this church. But Lord, right now, I pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit in power and in might, Lord, and in ignite their hearts. Lord, that you would stir yourself up within them, Lord, that you would empower them to walk in your spirit, Lord, that you would give them direction and confidence with each and every step that they take. Lord, that they would know, God, maybe not what's next, but Lord, that you would, they would know that every step that they would take, they would be in you and covered by you. And that, Lord, you had already been there making their way straight. Lord, I pray right now, God, for these students that you would empower them. Lord, make them powerful, Lord, so that they could live a life of holiness. Lord, that they could live a life that would be pleasing to you. Lord, that they would separate themselves out from the rest of the world. Lord, and desire to be holy for you. Lord, that you would fill their heart and their mind with words to speak and the power and the courage to speak them as your witnesses to this community, as your witness, Lord, to their career, as your witness to their neighbors and to, and to their roommates, Lord. Lord, that you would come in, into this place and fill us with that same kind of power, that same kind of desire that we could be witnesses to our community. And Lord, we ask God that you would fill this place in their hearts with your love. Lord, that you would supernaturally flood over the cracks and crevices of their hearts 
and lives, Lord. Lord, that their, that their very person, Lord, would be soaked in love. Lord, that they would always root for mercy. Lord, that they would always root for justice. Lord, that they would always walk, Lord, in, right, in rightness in every relationship that they have. Lord, that their first move would be a move of love and a move into your direction. Lord, I pray that they would clothe themselves in love. I pray, God, that every morning when they wake up, love would be the first thing that your spirit empowers them in. Lord, and I pray, God, that our congregation in this church would be a congregation of love. Lord, we love you and we're grateful and we're thankful for each and everything that you've done for us. And now, Lord, as we come to a close in this service, and now, Lord, as we come to a point of decision in each of our lives, as we walk out of this place, I pray that each one of us would choose to be filled with your Spirit. We would choose to walk after you. Lord, empower this church right now. Lord, as we walk out of this place, may we never be the same, but forever changed because of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen.